0: Well, as Jeff was saying, we love the movies and we love to use movies as teaching devices. And uh, also, what Jeff was alluding to is that we sometimes watch Hollywood movies and we start to see uh, a lot of parallels. And um, I call them the modern-day parables, because Jesus taught in parables 2,000 years ago and uh, these are our modern-day parables. Mostly Hollywood, occasionally off Hollywood or Bollywood, or uh, we have some very interesting entries, but uh, Today's movie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Got to be a great title. Right away, that's the kind of title that grabs our attention and then uh, when you really start to take a look at it, I'd kind of put it in a category of what I call quantum movies, because uh, they really are teaching more about the mind and what's going on in the mind, and you can relate to them much better that way rather than trying to follow the plot. So this is one of the early quantum movies, like uh, like the movie Next is also a quantum movie, and I remember I always tell the story of going to a movie theater to see this and. Uh, uh, as I was leaving the movie theater, I was kind of excited about the possibilities, the teaching possibilities of this movie, and I, it was all fresh in my mind. I was very excited, but there was an elderly man in a in a little handicapped uh, stall as I was going down, and uh, and he's probably about 80 years old. And uh, as I was passing him. Uh, as we were filing out, he was still sitting down in his seat, and he was saying that is the worst movie that I have ever seen in all of my eighty years and uh, I just had a big smile on my face because i I just thought yeah, here we go we 're getting into quantum movies, and it 's breaking the mold for uh, the the formula that what movies are supposed to be. you know they have a beginning and a middle and an ending." <laughs> And this movie is a quantum movie. It doesn't uh, fit nicely into that formula. But, I was talking this morning about um, about hitting the reset button. I was talking about the old MS-DOS systems and the Wipe Disk command. And this is definitely a, a memory erasure movie. Uh, and there have been some good ones. I think some of you might remember there was a movie called Eraser, and there's been some, a series of good Hollywood movies that, that have to do with memory deletion, um, that also have to do with all the emotions around memory deletion. And I'll guarantee that most of you who got into A Course in Miracles, that probably is the first thought you were thinking in your mind when you picked up the course. Oh yeah, it's another book in memory deletion. Uh, That's probably not the first thing you thought of. But actually what it comes down to is when we really start to work with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit starts collapsing time and collapsing a lot of the, the the memories of time and linear time, it does seem to be, as you're going through it, like chunks of memory start to disappear. So even in terms of this world, when people talk about dementia or Alzheimer's, they usually have a lot of fear coming up. Like, it's, it's very frightening for their loved ones to lose their memory, because memory and identity are so associated with love. And the deeper we go into a Course in Miracles, the more we work with the Holy Spirit. We find that, that the love that we've been seeking, that deep memory of love, that memory of home like e t phone home uh that memory of of oneness and the kingdom of heaven memory, the nirvana memory, all of that is really tied into what the course calls the holy instant, which is uh outside of time, one moment outside of time it brings an end to time um it's kind of funny too that Svava just finished her uh, Divine Essence uh, album and you heard a song from that. I played that at the beginning as a meditation, but when she was transferring her her songs across uh, to I, her iTunes account, just to put them on her phone, uh, she there was a funny thing that happened with one song, and the one song that didn't get transferred over. Uh, in her iTunes account was the one, was the holy instant. The ego hates the holy instant. Uh, the ego can't stand it. I mean, the ego is not happy about miracles, but worse than miracles is the holy instant where you remember God, where you remember light, love, joy, oneness, where all your memories of time and space have been completely you might say penetrated or erased not in a in a sense of real erasure it's just that they never really were real and when you puncture through into the holy instant into the light of the I am that Jesus talked about before Abraham was I am before the world was I am before the cosmos of time and space was I am that this I amness is pure light abstract light and What's fascinating about this movie is, our main character, Joel, uh, he is going through his bouts with loneliness, sadness, depression. Um, You know, it's kind of amazing uh, that that this movie really captures the, the gamut of the human emotions that go on with a relationship uh, with a woman, I think her name is Rose, played by uh, Kate Winslet, and and as they get into the re- relationship, and as the movie starts to unfold, you start to to really get a feel for this time collapse or this memory deletion, and and also the fear of of losing the memories, because the memories are so associated with a feeling of uh, a lot of them with a feeling of love. And that's what happens when people work with A Course in Miracles. I mean, I've been around the world many, many times, and um, I've been listening to people, even as they're practicing the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles, and they're practicing, for example, lesson number one: "Nothing I see means anything," and they, you know, they start off with, "This rug does not mean anything," this. Chair does not mean anything. This light does not mean anything. They start to move their eyes uh, around the room, and then when it's got the family photo album uh, on the on the uh, end table there, uh, they come to the family photo album, and of course they skip right over it. That cup does not mean <laughs> anything because there's a there's such something associated. With that family photo, there's all these memories of love that the ego says are real memories. And the ego says, you don't wanna you don't wanna lose those memories, those are the, the loving memories. But even even the most loving memories in time and space we learn from Jesus are but shadows of reality. So the Holy Spirit uses the memories sometimes. And guiding us towards the escape hatch, but the escape hatch is the holy instant, which is now. And this is the power of now. This is the the escape of the present moment. This moment is your miracle. But the memories are used in a way where, where it's an unwinding and a loosening from those memories, because all guilt and shame and suffering and fear, uh, all upsetting emotions... Uh, are are attached to these memory associations. I'll call them past associations. So we're gonna watch a movie that is is going to have a, a a bit of a plot. You'll be able to see there's a bit of a plot going on with Joel and it's it's quite comical and humorous at times. Um, but also it's very, very profound because you get to watch your own emotional reactions as uh Joel's memories start being deleted and uh you can just start to, to pay attention to how you feel if you feel any sense of uh of fear or regret um if you kind of put yourself in his shoes so to speak and you think of your own memories um being washed and rinsed um that's that's kind of a a good uh, it's kind of like a barometer of of how how things are going to go on your journey, on this inward journey. Because remember, everything of time and space was, was projected out as a block, a defense against the love of God. So this unconscious mind, underneath the unconscious beliefs of the ego, is the memory of God's love. And, and that's the fourth obstacle to peace in A Course in Miracles, the fear of God's love. and. This movie kind of gives us a little bit of a a chance to experientially say, hmm, how would that feel going down through these uh, obstacles and and approaching that light it's the metaphysics are those metaphysics are from the course they're not from this movie, but this movie gives us a chance to kind of go on an experiential voyage of of loosening from these memories, and I think most of you can realize that that the journey to God, or the the journey to awakening, is a loosening from attachments. Specifically, it would be these memory attachments. And the reason there's so much fear around the Holy Spirit, and around the direction of where this is all heading, is because the Holy Spirit is, again, emptying the mind, it's wipe disk, it's cleaning the mind, clearing the mind away to make way for the remembrance of God's love. And how you react to, to that is, it kind of gives you an idea of, of why you might even be afraid of the Holy Spirit. For many people who are course students, you know, they say, well, no, the Holy Spirit speaks for God. I'm not afraid of the Holy Spirit. But if you're identified with the ego and that voice for God is helping you unwind from this false identity and, and wash away and in some sense, delete uh, the memories of this false self, then to that false self, the Holy Spirit is the destroyer. (laughs) Again, the Holy Spirit doesn't destroy. The Holy Spirit is the reinterpreter, as I talked about earlier. But, to the ego, it's very suspicious of these miracles. It's highly suspicious of this holy instant. And, And as for God, it doesn't even have room in its thought system for a God of love, all it does is, is it invents a God of fear. Some of you are familiar with that from the Old Testament. <laughs> but it will invent a God, its own God of fear that you're supposed to be afraid of, a punishing God. God isn't punishing, God doesn't even know about punishment. God is pure love and light, but the ego has invented its own God to take the place of the real God. And so, in a lot of religions and and, uh, spiritualities, that's why there's so much fear associated with uh, with transcending, with enlightenment, with self-realization. It's, the ego is very suspicious. So, we'll go on this ride. I may pause the movie. Some of it's just so delicious and wonderful in terms of seeing a movie that actually goes at this kind of content. But I may just it to interject some delightful little tidbits here and there that we might enjoy from the Holy Spirit as we go along, but, um, but generally I think we're, we'll have a pretty lively discussion um, afterwards. Because I think in relation to being under Christ's control and some of the things I talked about this morning, this is a, a highly relevant movie and it's highly on topic. For what we're talking about and what we're going through on this uh, online retreat. So enjoy the movie, and I will see you very soon. Okay, it's positive there. (laughs) What did you see? Uh, Did you see that look? Did you see that deja vu look? Like, I've seen this before, what are you up to? Kind of like in the movie Groundhog Day, you know, after he keeps trying to uh, get Rita, the, the producer uh, of his weather show, up to his room and he keeps going through the same motions over and over. That's a great example of how the ego just uses past associations to make up an experience of love. And so he's even trying to give her a present that he knows she'll like. And what also is interesting is, um, so Joel has begun this deletion process to delete Clementine completely from his memory, as almost like as a reaction or a rebuttal (laughs) against her first Deleting him <laughs> from her mind, so again, you can see the motives underneath the motives may not be perfectly clear, but even in the deletion process there's there's egoic motives that are involved, and yet there the overall movement is uh, of of deleting the memories and that's very similar to this spiritual journey because you may have those deja vu moments ar- that arise from time to time where you look around at particular people or settings and you have this feeling like you've been there before like you're you're reviewing something and and a deja vu moment is is this kind of f- feeling that you have like you've somehow seen this before the scene is familiar something about the scene or about the person is familiar. Like you're repeating something at some kind of deep level but you don't, you aren't even aware of it. You think you're facing something new and it's just something coming up maybe very similar to the way it came up before, the nuances. And there was one point where Ken Wapnick, teacher of A Course in Miracles, said that the whole world is nothing more than a deja vu experience. Everything that we experience in our daily lives is simply the past being circulated over and over again where we seem to be going through these repetitive patterns and loops. The faces sometimes change. The names change, but these same uh, patterns just keep looping and looping and looping. You don't really see that. You're not really aware of that until you get it into a an experience or some kind of a deeper perspective to start to see it. But you probably have read studies where people uh, will say, "I don't." They'll write a novel of their life, and they'll say, I, "It's the strangest thing." I I married, like, four alcoholics. I kept marrying uh, being attracted to one, and then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And And some of these deeper unconscious patterns just repeating out, and lessons playing over, and over, and over. So, if that's part of the problem, is is reviewing these images over, and over, and over, and, and being caught in a loop of time, from a larger perspective, Jesus adds a little bit to that and says, Yeah, you, you never really see anything through the five senses, and you're just basically mentally reviewing what has already gone by. Wow! That is deep. That contradicts our human experience. When we think we go to a new place, or meet someone new, or try a new food, or experience a new uh, kind of sensual pleasure, or we have a a painful experience with something, and we say, wow, I don't want to repeat that day again, and, and things stand out to us as if we're experiencing them for the very first time when actually Jesus has given us a little bit of a heads-up clue at the level of mind, he says, no, you are mentally reviewing what has already gone by. So whatever the mind desires and wishes, in the mind, then the, what seems to be playing out on the screen of the world, or in the dream world, or the dreamscape, is, is just a motion picture of what's going on in our consciousness. Wow. That's fantastic. I would have loved to have that in an owner's manual at the beginning of my life when I, when I was a kid or a teenager, so I could have some kind of perspective on what is going on with this world. He says again, you're just mentally reviewing what has already gone by. What has already gone by, but it seems to be happening again and again and again. It seems to repeat. It seems to be part of a routine. It seems to be just looping around, around, around. We've got so many movies uh, in our Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment that have this loop. Uh, we keep coming up with it seems like new movies every year. the what was the one the 12 dates of Christmas we've seen re- recently before I fall, Roundhog Day, uh, Looper uh, repeaters. Uh, if you want to really give yourself a real expanded uh, wake-up call, give yourself, one weekend you just get a bunch of repeater movies, a bunch of looping movies and watch them back to back and see what you feel as you start to get more of this sense like, wow, I'm just watching the same things over and over and over and believing that they're different every time. Believe it's brand new. And wondering why I'm stuck in this loop, and when do I get out of it? So in this movie, this adds a whole new a whole new dimension. This movie is adding that dimension of like a deleting process happening, and so in one sense, uh, that's like another added thing to the Repeaters movie is where there actually is a higher power. A, a, Uh, healer, the Holy Spirit, the intuition that is helping to collapse time and to delete these false associations. They're all past associations. They're all just made of the past. You might say that, that that's the thread that ties all the memories together. And that so contradicts the human experience. None of us are raised as children growing up, that the past is just repeating. We're just looping. Imagine if your parents told you, you're just going to loop for years to come. And don't be too concerned about making something, carving out a niche or making a name for yourself. Don't be concerned about your education. Don't be concerned about getting married and having children, you know, and doing all these things that seem to be important in life. You've got to figure out this looping thing. Imagine your 7th birthday, they take you to Groundhog Day and they tell you you really have to ponder and and, and heal this looping thing, because this looping thing is driving you nuts, it's driving all of us nuts. Because it's just looping the past over and over and over. So, in this movie, here he is getting his memories deleted of, of Clementine and then he starts to get aware, because he can kind of hear the overlays of the ones that are in his uh his bet his apartment there doing the deleting, they can hear the talk and Patrick's talking and and he starts to get this feeling like, oh my God, now he's he's there's this younger guy who's who's taken up with Clementine after she's confused and disoriented and after her memories of Joel have been deleted and now he's kind of making some moves on her and using some of these um different kind of memorabilia and things as part of his trying to uh, have her be attracted to him. And that's, that's where we got to in the movie when you saw the look she gave. There's something that she's aware. At some level, we're always aware of what's going on. Imagine, imagine if you seem to come down with symptoms uh, on your body of sicknesses and everything, But instead of just buying into the whole thing of uh, something happened to you with your genetics or with your DNA or something in the environment did something, you caught something, uh, you caught some disease or whatever, all the false cause and effect propaganda that the ego feeds the mind to keep the mind asleep as if there's external causes to make you sick when you start to realize, at some level, your mind chose the symptoms uh, that you're experiencing. And it's just coming from guilt in the sleeping mind. It not, has nothing to do with uh, catching a germ, or, or being exposed to radiation, or uh, being hit by a car. <laughs> Maybe your body's all banged up and you're like, you buy that story that you accidentally were hit by a car, and it mashed your body up and you broke your arm, when actually, somewhere deep in your mind, you know that that, that you selected all of that. Uh, Carolyn Mace calls it contracts. Even before you come into what this seemingly lifetime, it's like prearranged contracts. And at one point, Jesus even said that... Uh, Basically, Helen Schuchman was told that uh, the world is worsening to an alarming extent and people are being called from all over to come and take their part in the plan of awakening. Wow! That's a different perspective than you and I grew up with. People are being called from all over to take their part in the plan of awakening. So this whole thing that we may call the dream There's an orchestration to it where nothing is happening by accident and there is another way to see the world and it's actually possible instead of seeing it from a personal perspective as if things are happening to you as a person, good things, bad things, so on and so forth, to start to take the blinders off and to start to realize that there's an orchestration behind everything that's happening. That all things are working together for the good, that it's possible to see the divine order, see the perfect perfection in in everything working itself out, uh, where everything is is planned for you by one capital O who knows you're good. That that there's a there's a plan to all this. And your part in the plan is really simple. Our part is very, very, very simple is to learn to look upon the world without judgment. To learn to not judge anything. To reach a state of mind not where you've stopped judging, but that you actually go so deep in your mind into this pristine, unified awareness, this quantum field of the mind where everything is completely connected. And everything is perfectly in sync. Nothing is out of place. Nothing has gone wrong. All things work together for good. The Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. The Course says all things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the ego's judgment. So again that's the point of becoming under Christ's control is for what reason? Just to see that all things are working together for good. Can you imagine how peaceful your mind will be when you see that everything is working together for the good? It's only fragmented ego perceptions. It's only judgments. It's only comparisons. It's only categorizing, organizing, the ego mechanism itself is what is distorting the perception of this world. And when you allow your mind to come back into alignment with the Holy Spirit, to come back under Christ's control, then you don't seek any longer to make the world a better place. You don't try to improve your lifestyle. You don't try to improve your life because from the holistic perspective, everything is working together for the good. Always has, always will. And that's why that the mind needs so much training, though, to come to that Christ control state of mind. That's why those early workbook lessons of The Course in Miracles are so, so helpful because they are introducing new time ideas. I mean If you've done the workbook lessons, you start off with the workbook, you do lesson number one, then you do number two, and three, and four, and five, and six. And then Jesus is going to tell you, well the reason that nothing you see means anything, the reason you've given everything you see all the meaning it has, the reason every single of those first six lessons of the Course are true is because Lesson number seven is true. Okay, that must be important. Then if the first six lessons are true because of lesson number seven, what is lesson number seven? I see only the past. Ah, here we go again. I'm mentally reviewing what has already gone by. So, think about how that relates to the anxieties in your mind, to the stresses have any of you ever stressed about the future? Have any of you ever stressed about making future plans? How am I going to survive? Where am I going to live? You know, how? Who's going to take care of me in the future? Uh, what if What if I I get sick and die? These are future past thoughts. I always like to talk about the past past. And the future past. Because why do I call it the past past and the future past? Because they're both the past. The future that you're concerned about is already over and done. Admittedly, maybe that isn't in your awareness. Maybe that seems a little far-fetched. But actually, that's, that's a more accurate perception than the idea that The past is over and the future is yet to come. That shows you how deep this mesmerism is, how deep this sleep. We've divided time up into two different categories. And we've called one category the past and one category the future. When Jesus is saying, actually they're the same because they're all past. You are simply reviewing mentally what is already gone by. Well, if this is true, then you may start to wonder, why am I getting so stressed out about the future past? That's ridiculous. You know, it's because you believe there's negative outcomes that have occurred in the past, and perhaps those negative outcomes will repeat again in the future learning something from the past, believing it's real, projecting it off into the future, and then getting all huffy, all disturbed, all upset about hypothetical possibilities of what could happen in the future. When actually the whole world is hypothetical. The the entire world, the entire time-space cosmos is nothing but Hypothetical memories. What do I mean by hypothetical? It's coulda, woulda, shoulda. It, it's um, possibilities. It's, uh, as Deepak calls them, potentialities. It's, if you look at the future and you have a lot of stress and anxiety, it's because your mind is what? Ruminating, ruminating, ruminating through all these potentialities. And some of them don't seem to be judged as good potentialities. That's why people struggle so much. They have, they're have, they afraid of possible potential outcomes in the future. And if you had an experience that showed you that those outcomes are already over and gone, wouldn't that bring you into more of a state of peace of mind? You wouldn't be worried about something if, if you already knew it was already over and gone. So this is the metaphysical conundrum that the sleeping mind has found itself in, and this is the context for this movie because, because basically there's a deleting going on, and uh, memories, whole memories are being wiped away and deleted, and yet now Joel uh, has, you know, he had he had quite a lot of animosity and hatred toward toward Clementine and those. Uh, Final couple memories uh, when when she came back and uh, when she smashed his car and everything she, he had a lot of uh, unconscious hatred coming up but now he's starting to suspect that that uh, this younger guy Patrick is going after his girl even though he's already decided to delete her <laughs> it shows you how crazy the ego is he's already deleting her but he wants He's a little, getting a little jealous of Patrick, the, the younger guy who's, who's moving in on his uh, ghost girl, on his, on his memories, which he's trying to delete. And so ultimately, was you, when you move deeper in this, ultimately you just have to start to realize and trust that the Holy Spirit knows what's going on and that this deleting or this wiping away, this cleaning and clearing the mind, is actually a very, very good thing. Because it's, back, it's bringing the mind back to that pristine, natural state of mind that was created by God. That's pure love and light, that, that isn't tarnished by these false memories. And as you start to gain confidence with this, and you start to really trust in this whole movement, it's going to go from scary, like ooh, what's going to happen to me? Uh, what's going to happen to me in the future? To an adventure? Like ooh, I'm on a a spirit adventure, and my mind is being vacuumed and cleaned and cleansed and cleared by the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to enjoy every moment of it as as I let go of the fear of the love and the fear of the light. I'm going to give myself over to it and say to the Holy Spirit, bring it on! Uh, let's, let's accelerate the cleaning and the clearing of this, this mind. So let's, let's keep going here, let's see how Joel handles this. He's got a little bit of uh, jealousy coming in with Patrick, and he's a, he's a little concerned about, uh, he's starting to wonder if it's a good idea that he's uh, deleted Clementine, or whether he should be holding on to some of those past associations. So why don't we pause it here? So this is kind of bringing an interesting thing. You know, he's trying to hide out in memories, even some deleted memories, and he's trying to find memories that are that are off the charts. That where uh, the the deleters, the people deleting the memories, won't be able to find him. It's kind of a fascinating thing to think of of. Of you having a a mind and consciousness and being able to focus that mind and shrink your consciousness, your vast consciousness down to a little pinpoint of a memory in time and space. you know even that is it you know we're just not raised with thinking of these kind of things. we don't we're not raised with consciousness ideas or this idea. and here, uh, he seems to be going off of the, the map as he's trying to escape the deletion. But ponder that. You know, Last night when I was asking you, is there anything in your dreamscape, is there anything in your perception of your life that is holding you back from moving toward the light and towards waking up? You know, it's a fascinating question to start to think, oh my gosh, I've taken this vast consciousness, this expansive mind, and I've shrunk it down into a particular scenario or situation. But then use the clues from your situation, from your, the things that surround you, the, the people that surround you, the, the, uh, the situations and everything, and you get down to that really deep question, what is holding me back? Is there Are there things that are just memories, of course, it's all memories, that I'm attracted to that's holding me back from waking up to my true reality? Are there things in the dreamscape, in the dream world, that are glimmering, that are alluring my mind, that are seducing my mind to stay in time and space, versus... Releasing and moving on to much more expanded awareness, expanded consciousness. You know that's the fascinating thing right now. As you're watching this movie, you see he's he's actually now has these good memories with Clementine. He's wanting to uh, to reverse the whole process. He wants to call it off. He wants to cancel it, and. Uh, and i know that's that's part of the spiritual journey too when you start to things start to shift you start to have these big heart opening experiences you find yourself uh feeling much more expansive and then there's a there's an egoic reaction of wanting to grab hold of something hold on to something repeat something cling to something you know and just the more you can have a perspective a broader perspective on this it will help you in the spiritual awakening. And it also helps to have a broader context that in the end you're opening to these miracles. You're allowing the Holy Spirit and Jesus to use perception to expand your perception, to have a broader experience of who you are, to not feel so limited, to not feel limited to the person that you seem to be, not feel limited to the roles that you seem to play. Uh, some of you know there's, a, there's an actor named Richard Gere, and Richard Gere is, is known as a Buddhist, and Buddhism is known for reincarnation. And uh, one time I was reading an article where Richard Gere was saying, the coolest thing about being an actor is you get to play all these parts as an actor, and you get to see that you're really none of them. They're just parts. And so that's a that's a benefit right there. You know, just start to, to realize that the things that you're identified with in this world are very limited because they're made from limiting beliefs. And as you expand your your mind, as you expand your awareness, you're gonna to start to see that that you are not confined to simply being the person that you think you are. You are much, much more, much, much more than the person you seem to be. As you start to relax into that and open to that a little bit more, that's when you start to open to mystical experiences, which are very direct experiences that show you that you are much more than you thought you were. I mean, some of you, I mean, if we went around, uh, uh, have any of you ever had uh, out-of-body experiences? Anybody had out-of-body experience? Okay, I see some hands going up. What is an out-of-body experience except an experience that shows you that you are more than the body? That's really what an out-of-body experience is. Because when you go through that experience... You're kind of a little surprised, and you're kind of like looking down at the body sometimes, or down at the room, and so forth, and going, "Hmm, that's funny." I'm looking, I'm looking at myself, but but I'm looking at myself from outside myself. Well, you know, you can't be both inside and outside. Maybe the, maybe you're more than you thought you were when you have an out-of-body experience. That shows you, that's an experience that shows you that you're not limited to the body. That's a beautiful uh, experience like that. And and people have those experiences too when they, they feel like they're falling in love or they feel very expansive. Sometimes people have had it during drug experiences or during different meditation experiences. It's, it's an experience of self that's not so limited. It's much more expansive. Those are just perceptual experiences, again, that your mind is drawing forth t- you're teaching and learning that you're more than you thought you were. So this movie, you know, if you take some of the mechanisms of it, you can start to realize that uh, even just in terms of memory, just, just pay close attention to those memories and to the to the environment that you've surrounded yourself with, we'll say, in mind, your mind has has surrounded itself with with the perception. Uh, Jesus says the body is outside you, but it seems to surround you. It seems to surround you. You seem to have wrapped a body there, and you also seem to have these other characters and these other images that are part of the scenes and the scenarios. And the main question you always want to ask yourself, which will help with your awakening, is: is what is it for? If 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 this is what I've drawn forth in my consciousness and awareness, then there must be a purpose for this. And oftentimes, that's where past life regressions and uh, and broader perspectives off of the timeline can be helpful as well. Astro, astrology, uh, different things that show you some of these same patterns that are going on over, through time, they're really coming from beliefs in the mind. It's not time itself that's limiting you, it's the beliefs in the mind about time and about your identity that are bringing all these limits. So let's ride this movie out. It's been <laughs> It's a pretty wild ride. It's been a wild ride for sure, but let's write it out now and uh and come to that beautiful saying uh about the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. <laughs> That's this classic. Imagine having your relationships where your all your private thoughts about your partner are put on cassette tapes and are playing during your current relationship. <laughs> yes. I mean, talk about no private thoughts. You know, that's got to be one of our best no private thoughts uh, scenes. You know, that's that's really that scene is a spectacular uh, scene to go along with in the manual for teachers of a Course in Miracles. How do God's teachers deal with magic thoughts? So there they are, just coming together seemingly in a relationship in all these private thoughts, what they don't like about each other, here they are apologizing, sorry I screamed at you, and then they've got all these thoughts playing there too. That really gives you a context of what forgiveness is. That all of these private thoughts, all of these judgments, are all made up by the ego, and it's the shame and the guilt comes from identifying with the thoughts. The guilt never comes from what you did wrong in your past, or what you wish you'd done that you didn't do in your past in terms of behavior. It's the thoughts in the mind. And that's why we need a purification. That's why we need guidance. That's why we need to come under Christ control, because as long as we have, as they say in in the big book in 12 Steps, as long as you have the stinking thinking, you've got the addiction. Whether you're drinking or not drinking, as long as you've got the stinking thinking, that's where the addiction is. In A Course in Miracles, Jesus says, it is with your thoughts alone that we must work. He even goes through a scenario in the in the text where you can try to act right, you can try to make the correction at the behavioral level while still not entirely wanting something. You know, like somebody who wants to uh, quit smoking and they, they are able to stop smoking but they keep wanting to smoke. They keep thinking about cigarettes. You know, that's where the problem is. It's in the thoughts. And of course, the thoughts are coming from the beliefs. The ego belief system is where all these private thoughts are coming from. That's where all these judgments And that's what makes these relationships, like we're seeing with uh, Clementine and Joel, that's what makes them so volatile, seemingly. But also, that's why they're the grounds of healing. You can wake up from this entire dream of time and space through giving the relationships and the thoughts, the judgments, the, the preferences, everything over to the Holy Spirit, over to Christ and saying, I have tried to identify with these crazy thoughts. I have had nothing but guilt and felt nothing but heaviness and limitation and shame based on my identification with these ego thoughts and I'm going to give them over to you now and I'm going to release them. And I'm going to furthermore say that everything that, you, that I perceive in my world, the bodies, the equipment, the scenarios, the buildings, the cars, the money, the clothes, everything Give it over to Christ and say, be you in charge. Now, I'm giving all these images back. All right. The ego was the image maker. All right. I believed in it. (laughs) All right. I was crazy. (laughs) I, I was crazy to throw away God. I was crazy to throw away perfect love and spirit and oneness to identify with this ego, and all of these thoughts, and all of these images. But I am now going to surrender the images. I'm going to surrender the ego, and everything in this world that the ego made, I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give it back. I'm coming back. I'm going to stay in my mind. I'm going to stay with you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay with this guidance in my mind. I'm going to follow you step by step. Anywhere you tell me to go, I'm going to go. Anything you tell me to say, I'm going to say. Anything that you want me to do, I'm going to do. You see this body, this puppet? I want to be back on the strings. Let's get Pinocchio back on the strings and let the Holy Spirit move the puppet. Let the Holy Spirit speak through the puppet. Laugh through the puppet. Hug through the puppet. Smile through the puppet. Let's let the Holy Spirit be in charge of the puppet and all the puppets. You can't just give one puppet away. Give them all back. Give them all all the images. You give all the scenes, all the sets, all the scenery. You see that snowy scene out your window? Give it over to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a sunny scene. Give it over to the Holy Spirit. When you give it all over to the Holy Spirit, you put The entire world, the entire dream world, back under Christ's control. And you're saying, be you in charge. Now we're gonna have some fun. Now we're gonna have some joy and some laughter. We're finally gonna experience some love because you're in charge of all the symbols. And what you are really doing when you do that is you are giving up control of the body. You are giving up control of all the images. You're giving up control of time and space and say I just made a mess of it. Actually, I humbly say I made a mess of it when I believed in the ego but now I'm giving it back. Now you reinterpret it for me. You reinterpret this world. You show me the world brand new. You make this world sparkle and shine. You give it back to me the way that I always really, truly, deep down wanted to see it. Without judgment, just let me behold the world anew. And that's what it means to say, let me see the world differently. I want to see, I am determined to see things differently. It's really to give it over and you're saying, Holy Spirit, Jesus, let me see the world with you completely free of judgment. When I believed in the ego, I was attracted to certain things, certain places, certain bodies, certain outcomes. And I thought it was better to be with certain people, certain bodies, certain places. I avoided certain bodies, certain places. I turned my back on certain bodies and places and turned towards other bodies. And you know what? That never made me happy. I was just, I was messing around with something that I really shouldn't be messing around with at all. I was making a big mess out of something that was never intended to be, because it never truly was. It's just these are images that God didn't create. God is spirit. God creates in spirit. I am spirit. I, I am a creation of God. I have creations. They are spirit. You see, there's a perfect alignment with spirit, but you have to let go of trying to control the world. You have to, in in the words of the Beatles, let it be. You really have to let it be. Those are words of wisdom. You know, you're letting it go. So, I don't know, I still don't know where Jason is. But I do know to, Michael's here to, Michael's ready to speak, and uh Jason, we still haven't seen him yet. <laughs> okay, take it away michael I've got a a little bit here in the course that I thought interweave so beautifully
1: with what you're what this movie is about and what we're the direction that we're heading in with living under Christ's control and letting go of everything so Jesus says in chapter fourteen. Nothing you have ever learned can help you understand the present or teach you how to undo the past. Your past is what you have taught yourself. Let it all go. Do not attempt to understand any event or anything or anyone in its light for the darkness in which you try to see can only obscure. Put no confidence at all in darkness to illuminate your understanding, for if you do, you contradict the light and thereby think you see the darkness. Yet that darkness cannot be seen, for it is nothing more than a condition in which seeing becomes impossible. Do not be concerned about how you can learn a lesson so completely different from everything that you have taught yourself. How would you know? Your part is very simple, you need only recognise that everything you learned you do not want. Ask to be taught and do not use your experiences to confirm what you have learned. When your peace is threatened or disturbed in any way, say to yourself, I do not know what anything, including this, means, and so I do not know how to respond to it. And I will not use my own past learning as the light to guide me now. By this refusal to attempt to teach yourself what you do not know, the guide whom God has given you will speak to you. He will take his rightful place in your awareness the instant you abandon it and offer it to him.
0: (laughs) I do not know.
1: It feels like an exc- exclamation mark from what you said.
0: <laughs> That's it, we're <laughs> punctuating this. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is really getting it straight. And here is Jason. He materializes on the spot. As soon
2: as I say, I do not know where Jason is. <laughs> I was so enjoying the movie. I was just like, can I mean, you mention him? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, well, how did you like it?
0: It's not over yet. Well, <laughs> I was sitting there like I, <laughs> that's why he's here. He wants me to finish the movie. He's, he's here to
2: make sure I I roll it. <laughs> Get going. I thought it was amazing. I was I was actually blown away. Like how cool as even like hide it in the humiliation. Mm-hmm. How you take mm-hmm. all these things and. I don't know, something about it was just really, really cool. And how all the stories interwoved, and then even when he woke up. He woke up literally right after the memories got wiped. And because it was the Spirit's plan to reconnect fresh again, yeah. the very first thing he does is go back, in the Holy Spirit yeah. puts him together. Go back. Yeah.
0: That's where we are in the movie. We, we got to the point where they've reconnected. <laughs> We've heard this beautiful thing, meet me in Montauk." <laughs> that's an <laughs> interesting thing. It's like it's like we've got we've made a pact. We have made a, uh, a commitment. Meet me in the real world. Meet me in the happy dream, where we'll truly be able to experience each other and rejoice beyond all these private thoughts. But uh, that's the meet me in Montauk, and and I just I still love that scene that we just we we froze it at. Where the where the tapes are playing? Oh yeah. When I first saw this movie, I thought, "Oh wow, is that forgiveness? You know, <laughs> the relationships there. It's almost like your your past thoughts are getting broadcast in the middle of the relationship. Can you imagine a romantic scene where you're in the bedroom and all of a sudden your your past tape starts to play <laughs> over the radio? <laughs>
2: and, and you know what I saw too? Like right as he was saying, "I like your hair." on the recorder it was, I don't like your hair, they're the same thing.
0: Yeah, the same thing. Mm -hmm, Because the thoughts on the tape were saying about and and the hair, what about the hair? And then he says, I like your hair. So it's the the positive and the negative and and the compliments and the criticisms. Most people think, if I could just let go of all this critical thinking in my mind, I would wake up and I would know God in heaven. Are you ready to let go of the compliments, too? Are you ready to let go of the positive judgments that you have in your mind, as well as the negative ones? Because compliments and criticisms regarding the world and the body and the images of the world are two sides of what? Of the same coin. So, you know, even that song, you know, You've got to accentuate the positive, <laughs> eliminate, eliminate the, the negative. Uh-oh! Watch out! Even some of our classic songs <laughs> are egoic. <laughs> Don't mess around with Mr. In-between. Don't Mr. In-between is the ego, always playing both sides, both faces, talking out of both sides of its mouth, Playing the positive and negative to keep the mind locked into time and space, locked into fear and guilt. So next time you, somebody says, are you willing to eliminate all the negativity from your mind, say yes I am. And I'm willing on top of that to eliminate all the positive in my mind as well. Now, now you're getting into a course in miracles. That's when you stepped off into the course in mir- miracles. You know, because good hair and ugly hair, bad hair, are the same. That's right. Your good hair days are what the same <laughs> as your bad hair days. I know this is pretty <laughs> radical, but this is not messing around with Mr. in-between. Why? It's because God didn't create good hair days or bad hair days. That's why, that's the reason, and you're wanting to wake up from the relative world of time and space. So, let's, Jason is right, we did not finish this movie. We had, we, he has materialized here just so I didn't cut the movie off. Look at that, and there's still plenty of time to go. It's going to be perfectly timed down to the, the last minute. You just watch. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> Everybody's got to learn sometime. What a great song to end on. is They both went okay in, in the face of the private thoughts. There was something greater, there was something more important. Love prevails. Love transcends. It's so beautiful that even with those relationships, that's the value of the relationships. It's like giving your mind permission to let the thoughts up and even be acted out in front of you so you can see what you believe. I mean, when people ask me, they say, come on, it it can't all be working together for good. Why? What is so helpful, David, about an abusive relationship? What do you think the relationship is mirroring? The belief in abuse. That's why it's helpful. There really aren't abusive relationships in the sense that everything is a... is is either an extension of love or it's a projection of the ego. But if the ego is mostly unconscious, and you don't even know what it is, then you can see how relationships allow the mirroring showing you actually what do I still believe in my mind. If I'm irritated, if I'm annoyed, if I'm angry, as Teresa was using that example earlier about getting angry about um, not being included in the the Facebook group down under. You know, that was a perfect example how how it their thoughts are either projected or extended. Loving thoughts are extended and then everything of the ego is is projected. And then through the projection you get to see what you believe and then to let it go. So that's the value. That's the value of relationships. If you're ever wondering what's the value of an abusive relationship, it's the relationship is just showing you that you still believe in abuse. That's, that's what it is. That's the value. And then you can let it go. But you can't let go of something that you're not even aware of. And to think of it, all of time and space is, is the projection of that abusive idea. Whether it's projected onto God, how could you leave me here, in time and space? God didn't leave anybody in time and space. Uh, Whether it's projected onto partners, parents, politicians, military generals, tyrants, dictators, all of it is projection coming from the mind and there really is no evil it's the projection of this belief in ego is what goes for evil in the world. It's just a projection. So this movie really gives us a chance to really take it back. That was the that was uh, Svava's song at the very
2: beginning, take it back. And they, they she said, okay, at the end. I saw that somehow as forgiveness of like, okay, even if those thoughts seem to play out again, they're not mine yeah. or something like okay. Yeah,
0: Especially since she was talking about, she said, I'm going to get bored with you, <laughs> I'm going to do these things. You notice how they covered both ends. You know, when mm. he was having all these thoughts about, oh she's just going to go off and fuck everybody, or whatever that was in the thing, that and, and she said, I don't do that. And he said, I know. <laughs> You see, he just was letting go of the past, all of those past thoughts about her sexuality, and how she uses sexuality, and her motives for sexuality. She says, I don't do that, and he says, I know. Now that is letting go of the past, you know, that's really letting. And then she said, but I'm going to get bored with you, and you know, she started to go into the future thoughts. like. This relationship's doomed because I'm going to do this and everything. And he says, okay. okay." <laughs> <laughs> he was cutting off the future, all the dire future thoughts. So to me, isn't that beautiful? That was a beautiful, beautiful, practical example of forgiveness. Letting go of the past and the future. Or as I say, the past past and the future past. Because the ego is <laughs> is the ego invented linear time and the ego invented linear time to take the place of eternity and as long as the mind is riveted and believing in linear time then that's where the the guilt comes in it doesn't matter whether it's aimed at the past or the future very profound okay we've got time <laughs> let's open it up jeff i just want to too. I, just, I love the,
1: uh, just the whole blank slate, you know, the tabula rasa state of mind, and that at the end, that's where it started and where it finished, basically, that they went off into the light. You know, that, that was the... Yeah. It was just went off into the love. There was nothing else besides
0: the love. Yeah, I dancing. Dancing <laughs> off into the white light.
1: Just <laughs> frolicking. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. We're interested if you had any insights or any major discoveries through that movie. Let us know. Okay, Christy, hand up. Go ahead, Christy.
3: Hi. Hi, David. Hi. So I, I wrote down a couple things while the movie was going, and um, I'm not sure that I really need to understand this. I feel like I'm sort of. Um, involved in paralysis analysis or analysis paralysis but essentially what when you're when you stopped and you were talking about your commentary um, about all we're doing is dreaming things that have already happened and I thought I don't like the dream that I'm having and how can I have a happier dream and I thought well if all we're doing is a past review doesn't that negate my ability to join my mind with Holy Spirit and have a happier dream? And then I thought, well, as the way to be happier is, is to acknowledge that Holy Spirit is saying you're just reviewing a dream, but you're reviewing it with judgment. And it's just a movie, Christy. It's not real. Don't get sucked into the emotion. Um, And essentially I started to feel like, okay, I can't create a happier dream. Everything that's happening in this lifetime of christy it doesn't really matter. Okay, so then I started thinking about the example in your life. You acknowledged at a certain point in your life that um, things felt uh, disappointing, and you started to join your mind more and more with Holy Spirit. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. David actually altered his dream. He altered his life trajectory by putting Holy Spirit in charge so I guess my question that I would love to dialogue about is I'm sort of thinking in my mind, is the script already written? Did, is the script already written? Or am I asking Holy Spirit, the power of love to help me write my script? I'm either in a dream review state with zero personal control. And the only way I can be happy is just sit back and watch this movie and ask Holy Spirit to interpret it, and detach my emotions, or I'm in some sort of individual mind mirror, like this egoic kind of sick consciousness is projecting, or I'm in some sort of mass consciousness mirror effect, so I guess I'm wondering, how do I have a happier dream, and and is the script already written, or like how have you made your Let's say you never made the choice to follow the course or come under Christ's control. Is the script already written for you? And then you would have just lived out a, a different existence? Um, or is there some way that by joining our minds with the Holy Spirit, we live a, a different trajectory? And again, I, I I could be asking this question, they're you know, like getting way too the ego loves this, so you can tell me uh-huh. stop all this if if I need to.
0: Beautiful, Christy, well, we'll make it really simple that when we say the script is written, that's just really the key word there is written is the past, is I see only the past. So, so definitely all of perception is past, but there is a way of looking on the past that is joyful. There is a way of looking on the past that makes it a happy dream, that makes it a dream of non-judgment. And you're asking the question like using the parable of David, like I want this for- I want this for myself right now. I want something really practical that I can really hold on to, uh, and I like a torch that I can carry to light my way." and I, when you were talking, I thought, "Ah, oh, yes, it reminds me of lesson one thirty five in the workbook uh, And in that lesson, Jesus spills the beans. He gives you, he says, you can really stay in the joy if you'll just avoid doing three things. That's it. Only three. He just puts three in there. And when I first read this in lesson 135, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's giving me the keys to happiness because at the stage, you don't really come into the awareness that everything is past and that's like the, that's the happy dream at the end of the rainbow. But you're asking for something that I can practice. So Jesus is telling you, you know, stay, stay in the moment, stay in the miracle, stay present. And you will, you will stay present. If you do not activate the past, Organize the present, or plan the future. Those are the three things, that's all you have to remember. You just have the big smile on your face, you don't have to analyze, you don't have to figure it out, you just, that's your light. Do not activate the past, organize the present, or plan the future. You can see that you are giving up control if you follow those three, for any of us, imagine you you go out on a date, and you're going out on a date, and you're going to really enjoy this date, for example, and and then as you, before, you get to the restaurant to meet the date, you just pause, right at the door, you say, okay, help me stay fo- focused here. I, I do not want to activate the past, organize the present. Or plan the future you 're not going to be trying to judge the date based on anything of the past you 're going to be meeting there fresh spontaneous in the instant you 're going to be there you know seeing that you 're just there for that holy encounter as you see him you 'll see yourself as you treat him, you will treat yourself as you think of him, you will think of yourself just as an example. You're going to be so focused on meeting this state for the very first time, without any sense of, of precognition, of any sense of the past. You're just going to behold them as if for the very, very first time. You're not going to activate the past. Second thing you're going to do, you're not going to organize the present. Don't organize the evening. Let's say you're meeting for an evening date. You're not going to organize the evening. They bring you that menu? No. You're not going to use past references for ordering from the menu. You're not going to judge the waiter. You're not going to judge whether you have to wait in line for a table for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, a half an hour, an hour or whether they're given instantaneously, you're not going to organize the date. How much fun it is not to activate the past, to meet totally in the present, to not have to organize the date, well, there's a lot of stress off the whole thing. You don't have to organize the date. And then, most importantly for this first date, (laughs) comes number three. (laughs) Do not plan the future. That's the problem when people go on dates, is they have a pretty strong agenda of wanting the future to be a certain way. Maybe they're thinking, I hope I get another date. Maybe they're thinking, I don't ever want to see this person again in my life. But see, there's all the judgments, but those judgments are also being projected off into the future. You see it's a it's a whole time scenario that's going there. So when I first read that in Lesson one hundred thirty five, you know, don't activate the past, organize the present or plan the future, I thought, wow, this is gonna be interesting. To try to live that way, to try to make those habits imagine that for some of you who are watching, you may be thinking, Well, that's not gonna be really good for my job or my career. Mm-hmm. If I maybe you 've got uh, a management job, and now you 're giving your life over to Jesus right now, and you 're saying here i 'm not going to activate the past, organize the present, or plan the future That could mean some shifts and changes are coming with your job or career. It could influence your your environment. you know it definitely influenced my the parable of David, things changed when I made that surrender. And I said, "Take it all." You know, I'm here to serve the whole universe. I'm here to serve the whole sonship. I'm giving over my future goals, my future ambitions. That made a a lot of difference in what you're talking about. To actively do that, I wasn't trying to be fancy at the time, and I wasn't sitting back in my rocking chair, going, "Well, the script is written, so I need do nothing." Yeah, I, I mean. There was at the beginning, I I was so euphoric about the Course, that I did say to Jesus, um, just point me to the nearest mountain, I am ready to ascend to the mountaintop and ascend back to heaven. And I never was met with so much laughter. Uh, it, It was like Jesus and the angels were like, "Ha! you're at the beginning and you think you're at the end. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was like a chorus of laughter. Like, oh, isn't he cute? He wants to go to to ascend. <laughs> you know, that. But but eventually, I did get to that, that part in lesson one thirty five where I did start to say, okay, it's going to be a very different experience of this world if I actually follow those three things, and and it was, it, it is go so well when you do that. <laughs> Jason is commenting that his dates don't go well when <laughs> we just stared at each other. Said, I- <laughs> you, no you, rep- both, <laughs> you both had your mouth dropped open like that, huh? <laughs> I hope that helps. <laughs> I hope that was practical, practical enough. Very good. How are we doing Jeff? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: going
0: to five. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's gone past the hour, but I'm just so curious. I, I just would love to hear from you after that movie, because my goodness, was that a knock-your-socks-off movie. Knock-your-time-space-socks-off. T-
2: we do have a couple of, of hands still raised. Um, next on the list is Portia. Go ahead, Portia.
4: Hi, everybody. Are you gonna change my screen, Jeff? I'm still seeing you. Hi, Portia, if I talk,
2: it flips us. So.
4: Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. Yeah, this whole, uh, from the get-go, this has been a great conference so far. Oh, I call it conference, my old Mormon lingo. A weekend retreat, online retreat. Um, you know, when I was hearing, I've, he- I've heard so many things stated that make me so grateful.
1: Mm.
4: Uh, one of the things that was shown in the movie, I I remember back, and I certainly have a long way to go. We all we all do. Uh, just last night, I kept hearing the song "Only the Beginning." Only the only the beginning of what I want to feel forever. You know that one, Chicago. Um, and then David, you just said it, and I think. There's this thing that says, no, you should be far ahead. But the idea of a new beginning in each moment is really exciting. It feels so much better than, okay, now what? Right? Like the excitement is there. And I remembered back when you were talking just a few minutes ago, when the movie was just ending and they they both were looking at each other with that notion of, yeah, I might just really not enjoy this but I really like you so much. I'm going to do this. Like both sides of that. I think because I faced such extremes, I mean, extremes that I never even dreamed of, I would hit of wanting something so out of reach and getting it. And then wanting something so out of reach and never getting it. That eventually I came to this, you know, after the original attempt to, to end my life and when it didn't take, I heard loud and clear, go blank, and let everything be redefined. That's when I found the 12 steps. And then a couple years into that, I found the course. And and so I was all about redefine, reinterpret. And whenever I feel myself wishing Like a good example, one time I was sitting in an AA meeting and I'd been in the same meeting for about two years. And a couple of my favorite people didn't show up. I thought, dang, they're not here. And that happened for like a week. And I saw it bright and clear. Portia, you're giving it away to duality again. You're making your happiness dependent upon circumstances. I went, hell no, not going to happen again, because that's so, it goes both ways. The the heightened excitement and the attraction and the positive can get bored in repetition. It can get boring. It's like, oh, I got to have, you know, twice as much of something to make it have that same happy appeal. And the other way, you get so disappointed that you can't enjoy something very full of potential to serve your highest happiness because it's, well, those two people didn't show up. Darn it. So I just, um, I like that movie for showing that kind of, you know, whether they see it or not, the way that I see it is you see, okay, I'm looking at duality again, attraction to it, aversion to it. And if, and I've spent the last year or so kind of wondering, why am I feeling kind of, murky why am i not feeling that abundant firework joy that i felt for a couple of years and it is because i've been looking at duality very very small steps into it at a time but taking my preference driving myself by my preferences and it's happened just very gradually um but the last couple of months i've been so aware that i don't want that anymore that it is just a change of mind. It is that remembering what it used to be like and how, how unfulfilling that can be. So, you know, I'm really, um, I haven't been on an online retreat for a while because I just, I've been, just like uh, yesterday, Helen, I really loved what you said. I completely have these blocks that come in. I've heard guidance for years this last year, I've been feeling like, well, was that really guidance? I don't know if maybe my mind is so powerful that I'm putting out the word on a billboard because I like that, not because I'm hearing and, and being completely surrendered to serving the highest purpose, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm glad that I don't believe in the old... Birth and death timeline anymore because I'd be I'm getting old, and I'm getting too far into the later years. You know, I'm over fifty. I'm fifty-seven next month. Wow, it's too late to say um, that this isn't important. <laughs> like, I get nervous that if I'm getting it wrong by this stage, I, I can end up homeless and poverty-stricken and toothless. You know, like. <laughs> A back lady, uh, so that those fears come in, but they don't feel anything like before eight years ago when I when I really finally stopped the whole shebang, um, and think I'm so grateful, and I'm so you know I know I love David when you introduced to that new woman um, who was born in Iran. I've forgotten your name. But I'm like, yeah, you got to come to this train. This train with the living miracles, even though I don't like want to come live with you, I used to think I did. You're the only train on this course that seems to get it's all or nothing. The in-between just doesn't cut it. Not for what I want. You know, I, and I do go to a lot of different groups I have. And um, I just go with love. And I love to hone in on what I hear that is correct, and just sort of glaze over what I feel maybe isn't so serving. Um, But welcome to anyone new here. I've been to a lot of different areas of of Course in Miracles uh, focus, and I stick with the cut and dry. And I really appreciate that about you, David, you, Jason, all the people I've met through your community. I mean, I meet them all the time. And I'm I'm really grateful. So uh, thank you for yeah. this weekend,
0: thus far. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, Sorry. thank Not you. Long, thank you for hitting the high note. You know, that's that, that's that. We are going for it together. The non-duality. You know, we can we can even redo the some of these old songs. We've got to eliminate the positive, and eliminate <laughs> the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In Between. You know, let's go cold turkey on duality. Uh, let's go all the way with, with oneness. Let's just, let's go abstinent on uh, duality. Let's, let's have a fast. You and I can join. Let's do uh, a duality fast where we're just going to fast in our mind. And people can say, well, you know, I, don't you think that was a really good speech? Hmm. Well, or wasn't that a negative speech? Hmm. You know, imagine how our non-duality fest eliminates politics, eliminates the positives and the negatives of the world. The news, what would the news be if it was all the same? Imagine the newscasters come up, well, we've got some more sameness to report on tonight. And, <laughs> and they reported for like 30 minutes on just sameness. Over to you. What did you see with sameness today? Well, I saw some sameness. I was down on 3rd, 3rd uh, Street and 8th Avenue, and I saw some major sameness going on down there. You know, if everybody was giving Pretty their miracles... <laughs> and 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 giving the sameness, make this year different by making it all the same. That's just a duality fast that's that's all Jesus is saying at the beginning of the year. Make this year different by making it all the same is let's be in our duality fast, and if we're fasting on duality, then we're going to be really happy we 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 are going to be in harmony, we're going to be in joy, we're going to be in laughter because we're not buying. We're not buying what the body's eyes are reporting. Let the body's eyes report differences. Let the body's ears and senses report differences. But the healed mind puts them all into one category. They are unreal. All of them.
2: So that's, I join you. I join you in that. (laughs) You know, one thing I found helpful with the Kirsten Dunst character, because you mentioned it a few times, is she didn't want to Repress or push it away. So she actually wanted to remember to truly let go, or mm-hmm. something like she really yeah. took it in and then and then made sh- shared it. Yeah, shared <laughs> shared the correction by sharing all the tapes with everybody, sending them out
0: individually, mailing them. What was yeah. hidden? What was a secret before? Because remember, the guy said she said, "How did I look?" And he said, "You looked happy with the secret." Right. And then she just took that as, I like the happy part, but I don't like the secret part. So then she gives away all the tapes yeah. to, to all the, the clients. No secrets, which, yeah, that's a duality fest there too. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. Okay, a couple more
5: hands. Um, Julie Bergeron. Go ahead, Julie.
6: Um, this movie, it's funny, I've seen it uh, a couple times, like maybe three times, and it's, I don't think I've seen it that way. (laughs) It's the first time that I, because I, I, um, yeah, I had resistance uh, even, even uh, today when I was going, oh no, no, you can't erase all that, no, 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 and then And then at some point, uh, David, you started talking and, and, and I realized that, oh my goodness, I was resisting the, the cleaning or the, 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 yeah, the erasing of, of, of the memories. And so, um. It's the good and bad, right? So erase the bad, keep the good. And that's, to me, just uh, made a big shift inside of me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hang on to, uh, I I hang on and at the same time, through the movie, I let it go. And, um, anyway, partially. <laughs> um, and it feels so good. <laughs> it was scary at first like oh no 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 we don't want that mm. but yes we do because so we can be in the moment and um um so how how about like do we erase do we want to literally erase the memory like like uh, the good memories like being in mexico at the quantum immersion with you and having those amazing experience of being in 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 not in time anymore and and being in the quantum moment and do i erase that i don't
4: want to
0: (laughs) Well again, it's that's where you, like Michael, read that part about uh, just let go of of everything you think everything means. Uh, and, and say, you know, that, that really keeps you in the quantum experience. You know, that's really what we want is to stay, to stay quantum, to stay expanded, to stay non-judgmental, to stay joyful and and the way you do that is yeah, don't activate the past, organize the present, plan the future. That's a lot of trust, I know, but that's the the answer there. And the other thing is, you know, with we don't we don't we, it's not that we shouldn't judge. It's that Jesus is telling us you have no idea. You are completely incapable of judging. Not that we have judged and we have to figure out a way to stop. But we are completely capable. Our natural state is clueless, carefree, and cared for. That's natural. So, when you were talking, you were talking about wanting to maybe hold on to the positive, maybe, or let go of the negative, it reminds me, when I went, as a little boy, I went to the playground, and I was going around to the swings, and the jungle gym, and I was going around trying out all the different uh, Toy, you know, uh, playthings at at the playground, and I walked over to this one thing, and it was, it was a teeter totter, and you can't do teeter totter by yourself. You know, you gotta, you gotta have somebody else to teeter totter with you, and then I noticed when I finally found a playmate to teeter totter with me, uh, depending on the weight of your playmate, sometimes you can be. In, in the air. Uh, you can be up, or you can be down, and they can be up. And it's, it's a great way to, to release inferior, superior. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful little device because there can come a point where you both, you can both take turns springing, or you can both kind of balance and just look as perfect equals, sitting straight across, if you choose to use the teeter-totter that way, you can see each other's perfect equals. So I do remember when you were talking, I thought, yeah, that was a discovery for me. Learning, watching my emotions, how does it feel to be up and and literally somebody waiting. You know, you can't get off the teeter-totter without f- jumping or falling or crawling. But so it's that's the way it goes in life. It goes that way with relationships. It goes that way with with all of our experiences, of, of learning to say, as Michael read, I, I, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. I know nothing about this person. I know nothing about this scenario. I know nothing about this situation. Come, or as uh, Portia said, blank. Mm-hmm. To, come, to come right there into blank, undefined undefined and blank. That, that is the most precious uh, state of mind. So, thank you so much. We, we love to hear that. that was, I could see your face during the movie, so I could, I could see some of the expressions that are going on during the movie even, which is nice. And, and it's beautiful the words that you shared, too. That's really precious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh okay,
2: Jeff. What have you got okay. one more set of hands and that's uh Jimmy Doherty. Go ahead, Jimmy.
5: Okay.
0: Oh.
5: Am I on? You can't hear me. okay, let me talk. You can
0: yeah. hear me. We can see you, we can hear you.
5: Okay, yeah, all right, very good. Um boy, what an incredible movie. Um it hit all those strings of the sentimentality of love and the special relationship, you know, and I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them all the way and all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought the beauty of it was that when we discuss our private thoughts, they confronted their private thoughts and they still loved each other. Yeah. Right. And that's the whole thing. We bring all this up and love is still there. Now I get in these very philosophical arguments sometimes, not arguments, but you know, when you do the course, it's a tricky thing when you, you know, you say something to your your, your siblings or the people in your life, you know, people don't want to let go of memories. And they have a thing, they're trading something in, oh, I love my father, I love this special thing when my mother would knit the sweater, like, and I have that too, you know what I mean? And I want to digress, because I go all over the place, but um, I I think and I get this image and this vision of You're not giving up any memory. You're becoming the memory. You're becoming the person. Everything is together. It's much beyond a fragmented slice of something that happened in time. It's a seed of something that's so immense that we can't even handle it right now. The immensity of that love is is the memory of the seed. It's the plant of the seed. And it's that enormity. It's what scares us. And we try to trade it off. No, I just want the picture of my mother knitting. You know, I just want the picture of this. And just, you know, um, there's like, there, there's other metaphors. We're just scared of that tremendous love. And we think we're trading something off. And what we're trading in is that we were everything. We're every we are our mother we are our brother we are our sister we are the, you know, the the teacher that yelled at us we are the bad memory the good memory all together which in the egos mind becomes nothing but in reality is who we are is everything yeah which the, the immensity of this I'm just I was just just one thing there's this short story that kind of remembers because I hit all these chords I, I I know when you talk about your 52 pickup David you know what jesus you know i still got a lot of cards in that deck you know what i mean and i don't know it's going to take a long time to get them out of that deck but uh, there was a beautiful thing there's a short story because it hit this chord the 10th of december and it's about a, a cancer patient old man who's like upstate new york and he goes out to this frozen lake to kill himself and he wants to jump in the lake and he j- go, as he's jumping in a lake there's this little boy who loses his kite or something, and is on the ice and falls in the ice. And the old man goes after the boy, you know, in the frozen lake. You know, gets him out, takes off all his pajamas. This is a guy who's close to death saves the boy and and sends him home, and finally walks back to his assisted living place or whatever. He was living or being taken care of, and he laid down in the bed, and he let people take care of him. He was embarrassed of dying. He was embarrassed of the shame of the ego and dying and being dependent on people, but that was the lesson. He decided to let the love come in and let people wipe his bum if something's wrong and take care of him, change his diaper. He accepted the love. So that's just a hardcore lesson. And I think that's what they did. They accepted the love and worked through the love, a lot of the way we do with the Course, by releasing the private thoughts. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful metaphor. Easily said than done. <laughs> but, you know, I'm back.
0: <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. We 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 are so grateful. That you all participated in this, and you shared everything what you were sharing Jimmy, and what everybody has shared because it's like it is like a symphony when all the notes are being played together and you're just beholding the harmony and everything then uh, that that's a different use of memory you know it's anything that the ego made can be used uh, there's no memory in heaven, but the ego made memory, so the Holy Spirit can use it uh, to bring us back to A memory of God. So I think it's like that, uh, it's like a a symbol, a trampoline. And sometimes I like to think of it in terms of amnesia, you know, because the way heaven and God and Christ are described in the Course, Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus calls it knowledge with a capital K. And he says, knowledge is completely, not partially, completely pushed out of awareness. You've had a complete amnesia about the knowledge. You've completely forgotten knowledge in Heaven. And now I always think of it as, okay well, then let's have a reverse amnesia. Let's just reverse the table, on, turn the table on the ego and say, I'm going to be a good forgetter. My, my uh, grandmother Lillian was diagnosed with dementia and the further along she got in dementia, the happier she got. And when she got to the point where she could not remember who she had breakfast with, what she did, when I would see her, uh, she would start to apologize even, like, I I just can't remember a thing. And I said, don't even apologize, look how happy you are. And to the point, even when I went in and pushed her around uh, at the nursing home, and she forgot David, and I, I was so touched when she when she forgot David that I pushed her like for like half an hour 45 minutes all around this nursing home until she finally paused at one point. There was that moment of recognition where she went up oh, like a little child. She was like Dave like you know she had and I thought oh this is really good because she's getting into this uh, reverse amnesia. She's getting so happy that she's forgetting all the details of time and space. Mm-hmm. So, I, I've had a lot of beautiful lessons like that, teaching me that it's it's safe, it's wonderful, it's there's actually joy and happiness. Uh, mm-hmm. And even with songs, even when she would forget uh, some of the songs, she could still remember. It's almost like the Spirit would channel through mm-hmm. her and she would lead all the nurses and the staff, I'd go into the nursing home, it's like a ghost town. I'm like, where's everybody? There's nobody in here. I'm walking around looking for it, everybody, they're all in the kitchen with her in her wheelchair leading the whole place, the whole facility in joyful songs, even though she was reaching advanced states of dementia. So, yeah, that's it's good stuff. You know, easier said than done, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're, We put our mind to it. (laughs) Fast on duality. Yeah, yeah. Fast on duality. Well, thank you. It's, yeah, wow. We've rolled on
2: to 4.30 here, but we will be continuing on. We have some one-on-ones now, too. Um, There's a team that has said, yes, I've seen the spreadsheets. I put my name down by a few, and I've seen some other names, so some of you might expect some calls. Hopefully you're not in Europe. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> if they are, it's we ours. Yeah. But actually uh, we will have our other session and there will be some one on ones before then. So, mm-hmm. so thank you all for sharing this with us. It's just been a total blessing and what a great way to share your life. We're sharing our hearts and our lives together in the most profound way and it feels very, uh, very touching for all of us. And we love you all so dearly.